What's good, y'all? I am Josh So Focused. I'm French the Bro Host, and we would like to welcome you to the Knicks Take Podcast. The Knicks, the Knicks, Take Podcast. You got knocked the fuck out! The Knicks Take Podcast. This is episode 52, and this is a weekly podcast where we cover the most intriguing Knicks news of the week. If you want to find us on our socials, you can check us out first on Twitter at The Knicks Take. Then go to YouTube and search Knicks Take Videos. And if you rather follow on Instagram, you'll find us at The Knicks Take. Last, you could check us out on Facebook at Knicks Take Media. French, how have you been this week, sir? Spent a lot of like compared to recent weeks in Nick's takes episode, it's been so much Nick's feedback and things to talk about this week. So I haven't really done much things outside of just watching a lot of highlights, rewatching the games from Summer League, you know, finding out contracts, situations that's going on with the Knicks, finding out details. So I've just been locked in on that pretty much. What you been up to? Oh, actually, I've been watching a new series that I want to put I want to put people on to later on in the episode when I do a recommendation. So stay tuned for that. Look at but you. Outside of that, what's your week been like? Look at you plugging the end of the show. So seems like I've been partying a lot lately, uh, like going out, you know, living my best life. Yesterday, I went to a horseshoe, horseshoe tournament where I hung out with some of my coworkers, had a great time, did a lot of drinking, didn't do any horseshoe throwing. I did uh, shoot some ball a little bit, lost. Last how out of shape I am. I'll probably beat you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, my I've... shot is still <laughs> in my shot. Come on now. <laughs> It's never, um, gonna, it's never gonna leave me. My shot is always bright. I practice at work with the trash can and the, and the paper towel every day. My shot seems to be every improving. Every time I wash my hands, my shot seems to improve every time I leave and come back. But anyway, um, we'll see. Been going to some other places, which have not been great for my weight journey due to the excessive food and alcohol. Went to our cousin's baby shower, which. Congratulations, yeah. Naika and Matthew. You guys looked absolutely cause... looks absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm sure that your 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 child your will come out just as beautiful as you guys have. Well, while I was there, I had uh, an interesting conversation with a couple of the family members on Jalen Brunson. Oh, yeah, all right, uh, Uncle Ian and uh, Toya's it. husband Kev. Uh, they. Mm-hmm. Wanted to talk to me about how I felt about the Jalen Brunson signing and whether I liked it. And they were like, oh, Uncle Ian specifically was like, you know, hey, they spent too much. He's not going to do anything. He's not going to change anything. <laughs> such and such. Do I like it? Why do I like it? 
And we didn't really get to the full depth of the conversation as far as, you know, whether we should be excited that Jalen Brunson is a Nick or the other thing is whether the Knicks should have gone a different route. He did ask me whether I would, whether I prefer Kyrie to Jalen Brunson. And uh, what's your answer to that question before I say what I said? Uh, I prefer Jalen Brunson due to age, due to health, due to no outside, you know what I'm saying? Influence taking over the locker room and distractions with the media. It's 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 better we have a point guard who's going to be able to grow and develop with this young core. Mm-hmm. Still has room to improve to be an all star. So <clears throat> the more like every every day I think about Jalen Brunson on his team, and the more it just makes more sense to me because you see how much. Julius Randle and RJ had to have the ball in their hands last season. It's not going to be in their hands as much this season, and they're going to be required to be better off-ball players. And RJ's done that. We've talked about that on this podcast, and it's just I want to see how that looks. Like, I see Jalen Brunson at his best. I I just want to see him throwing lobs to Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims. I want to see him going and getting mismatches with other team centers and breaking them down. And we have a highlight play to watch on sports center at the end of the night. I miss those. And in, in, in the midst of a regular season, you need stuff like that to, to stay excited. So I like Jalen Brunson and I think he's going to fit in well, well with this team. I don't think it was an overpay still. I don't think the argument was whether it was an overpay or not. Maybe it was, you know, there was a lot of different, a lot of small conversations alongside the major conversation. So I I fall alongside with you. I would prefer Jalen Brunson. Kyrie has a large injury history. You know, it's not anything super detrimental. It's not a KD injury history. It's not, you know, he he, he was one of the more healthy players of on the Nets since the since their acquisition, since KD and Kyrie's acquisition. But he's been out, you know. And then we could talk about stuff outside of basketball that's been a distraction. You brought up age as a reason. He just turned 30 years old. So that means... Kyrie. Yes. he, he He's on the wrong side of 30. Not that that means anything, but if you think about the cost to acquire Kyrie Irving, the cost that you'll have to pay Kyrie Irving on top of the amount of years left in his career. And you compare that with a Jalen Brunson and the potential. Yeah. Maybe Jalen Brunson will never be Kyrie Irving, but a lot of the negativity and all of the questions that you have with Kyrie, Jalen Brunson doesn't bring either. And Jalen Brunson could end up being a Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry type of player, which is, an all-star in his own right. You know what I mean? So I can't complain about Jalen Brunson. If you just said you could either have Jalen Brunson or Kyrie Irving, which one would you pick? I'm probably picking Kyrie, but you have to think of all the different other different factors 
when it comes to team building, when it comes to team chemistry, when it comes to winning, when it comes to the best way to get to a championship, you got to put all these things in order. And where the Knicks are right now, you can't factor in. You can't say, oh, let's trade for Kyrie Irving and figure it out later. Every time we trade for or try to sign a superstar and try to figure it out later, it never has gone well. Some of the best teams make it to that championship level because they have a plan and they stick with it. And I, this Knicks front office seems to have a plan. They seem to be sticking with it. They're not going to throw it all in the trash because some superstar has become available. They're not going to do it for Donovan Mitchell. They're definitely not doing it for Kyrie Irving. And I think that's the right move. So, you know, without swerving too far uh, into this whole Jalen Brunson, Kyrie Irving conversation, I just wanted to bring that up just because it's Knicks related and just because I don't think we've really made that kind of direct comparison between the two and, and in terms of preference and in terms of what it is that we, what way we think we should go and whether we are in support of the front office and how they're handling their business. You have anything additional you want to say before I continue? No, you can keep going. You're cooking right now. So <laughs> let's go right into Summer League. Nick start off Summer League with a blowout win versus the Golden State Warriors. Miles McBride, Quentin Grimes, Ferran Hunt, and Jericho Sims looked amazing in this game. And I also want to kind of throw in there Daquan Jeffries kind of made his presence you know, made us aware of his presence. He wasn't one of the top four players in this game, but we're going to get into him a little bit later. It's not a surprise right that, in. yeah, he fits right in, right? Grimes, rusty in the first half, but came out in the second half firing and set his teammates up. Grimes was knocking down deep threes with ease, the defense, which caused the defense to guard him further out. This is where we got to see him put the ball on the floor and begin driving to either score or set up a teammate this is the area of Quentin's game that has grown since last year. He looked comfortable even when his shot wasn't falling. He was doing no-look passes, doing all kinds of stuff that he's not really known for, at least mm-hmm. to us as Knicks fans. Driving, getting in right. with layups, right. throwing alley-oops to Jericho Sims, and it's, it's, it's highlights, mm-hmm. highlight alley-oop plays, and he's just looking like he can take over lead guard possession for well lead guard duties for possessions at a time because once he gets that that three going like you just said he knocked down a deep three and you see how that just impacts the entire defense because now you got to start guarding him out now he got to drive set his teammates up and he's getting a bunch of alley-oops to Jericho Sims he passing out to corner threes again what's the guys he just he just said his name Matthews getting him wide open threes. Miles McBride was the whole, like, I I just love this summer league team. I wish I could, like, save it onto a DVR and just have it forever because this is what we always want to see in summer league. Like, defense on a string, causing turnover after turnover. They got Jonathan Kaminga, lottery picking Golden State, talented player, had him looking like he didn't know what he was doing out there. Second-year player, had him damn near scoreless this game. The only guy who really felt comfortable going crazy was Moses Moody, the 
the the, the team defense was just crazy. Like, <laughs> just to pick up where you left off, that the, the game ended up being a blowout. It was a close game through three quarters, but in the fourth quarter they came out, held cut they 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 cut Golden State's water off. They couldn't score in that fourth quarter. We kept going out getting some nice little transition dunks. We've seen a lot of a, a lot of transition dunks from Ferron Hunt specifically. Mm-hmm. He was locking guys up. Had that he's looking like he should be a lottery pick the way he was I'm like, who is this dude? He was on the Westchester team last year? I didn't even remember him. He's going crazy out there. But I, I was just shocked. I did not expect to turn on the game. I missed the first quarter. I caught it in the second quarter. I didn't, I didn't expect to see the team looking that good that early. It's looking like we competing for the championship. Word. Anything so, else you want to talk about this game? <laughs> <laughs> so as you said, the Knicks defense, Summer League defense was vicious. They kept forcing the turnovers. The only player on the Golden State roster who could get going was Moses Moody. Even Jonathan Kaminga wasn't looking really like, you know what I mean? He, he was mm-hmm. he was playing in that he was getting minutes on that championship squad. And you know, I'm gonna we gonna talk about this a little bit later, but that first half from Quentin Grimes it had people like really like questioning him. And it's like, yo, bruh, it's the first game of summer league. He's just knocking the rust off. He came at the end of the season, he was injured. Like, relax. And then that second half came out, it was like you were saying. You you were saying, and he got real quiet. Yeah, and he shocked us with his passing and and the, and putting the ball on the floor and all that stuff. But I think that most of us were not aware that he was actually a combo guard in college, and he he actually did play some point guard minutes before in his basketball career. So we shouldn't be one hundred percent surprised by this. But the fact that he's able to do some of this against upper level talent, even if it's summer league. You know, it's not high school. It's not, you know, it's not college. It's still a step above. So the fact that he's doing this is a good sign, but it's also something that we shouldn't be 100% shocked to see from Quentin Grimes. Final score, Knicks 101 and the Golden State Warriors 88, not 888, but 88. What what happened next, French? (laughs) Well, like you was just saying, they the the Golden State team had some talent on there. Even the point guard Mac McClung, he was he had a few moments out there where he was balling. But the next game that we went into, Chicago Bulls. You remember last episode what we were saying, right? I couldn't name two players off this team outside of the one that they just drafted. Correct. And they didn't wow. score <laughs> a field goal for like eight minutes, six minutes. I, I'm making that number up because it felt like a long time. But the Knicks defense, they was forcing stops from the minute the jump, the ball went up in the jump ball. And they got up to like a what? A 10 nothing lead. They had to call time. 11 nothing. Skated on them Excuse the whole me. game. Jericho Sims. I was wrong. 13 nothing. Sorry. 13 nothing run to start the game and never look back. They were up 30 points at one point in this game. Almost, what was the final score? 101 to 69. Yep. Finished the game winning by more than 30 points. Jericho mm-hmm. Sims had another double-double, 11 points, 10 boards. Didn't even really need to come off the bench in the fourth quarter because the score was just out of hand. We looking like we going to the Summer League playoffs. 
Quentin Crimes was going crazy this game. Crazy this game. Just watch his highlights. I watched it at least 10 times just to let y'all know. Quentin Grimes is going to be a serious player in the league. He's going to be a serious player because the way that he's just not, he does not think twice about shooting. It doesn't matter if he just missed five threes in a row. You saw what he did last game. He came into this game locked in. Yeah, yeah, won an efficient game. He gave it to y'all. And summer league, can't look too much into the stats, right? But he took control of both of these games, looked like the best player dominated on the court both of these games. Looked like he was too good for summer league, just like Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin was looking last year. Deuce McBride was like a plus 34 in the first half without scoring a point. Probably had two points in the first half. He's looking like he's too good to be in this summer league. And for Ron Hunt, I don't know. I'm hoping he gets that last that last contract for this team because we don't know what we're going to get from Cam Reddish. We don't know if he's going to get traded. And if something else happens, I want to make sure that Ferran Hunt still has a spot on this team. The, the young uh, rookie we drafted, Trevor Kills, he hasn't really stood out in a, in a special way yet, but I do like how he fits in with the team. He makes all the right plays, all the right, makes all the right reads. He is always in the right spot on the floor. He, he, he just seems like he knows what he's doing. He just has to get comfortable. He's still a rookie. He's 18 years old. Not going to be 19 for a little while. Until next month, I think they said it on the on the on the broadcast. But we <laughs> we ain't got to look further nowhere. Quentin Grimes, Deuce McBride, Sims, they got us. They gonna they gonna hold us down for they the got rest next. Of this summer. They got next. We are gonna see them in the rotation this year, the way that they looking right now. So <sighs> Nick's Twitter was going crazy. Hold up, hold up. Quentin Grimes finished with twenty four points, four assists. Four rebounds was the best player on the floor two nights in a row. They're going to play again tonight, and he's probably going to end the game with 30. Another blowout victory. Let's, let's, let's just go with it. <laughs> let's just go with it. Let's go with it. Let's see what this, what this Summer League team take us. Because this is the best Summer League team I've seen since. Since I've last year? Nah, last year had. It's better than last it's year. Be- how? Yeah, last year had OB and, 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 and quickly. And it had Grimes, McBride, Sims. It's better. It's better than last year. If Kevin, if Kevin Knox didn't get COVID, that probably they probably would have won a championship. <laughs> the defense on this year's team was not there last year. You're, it, it was close though. I'm promise you. You're, 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 nah, you're correct. Dice is wild in this year. Dice Yashimoto, he's in his bag this year. He should be some of the coach MVP. Court. Yeah. I, I wanted to whatever the whatever it is. Sure. Trevor Kills. He's a rookie. He's a guy, as you said, you know, he's gonna he's not really gonna get too much. He's not gonna get any minutes really this year. He's on a two way contract, as you know, we'll talk about a little bit later. He's not he's gonna spend a lot of his time in the G League. He with that said, he's shown enough in the summer league to be excited about him. Thinking when he gets his weight in order and starts working on his game a little bit. If we trade, uh, if we trade like Deuce or if we trade, you know, some of these other young guys, I think he's going to come. I think he can come in and he can contribute. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think we, I don't think we drafted a bum, right? 
I think that he he showed his ability to pass. He showed an ability to hit a shot. He hasn't been able to do it consistently, but I think a lot of that has to do with conditioning. Once he gets that in order, though, and once he once he gets in that 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 rookie young young player practice routine that Tibbs throws, if he if he is a part of that, which I I hope he is, I think next year if if we have a spot for Keels on the, on the in the rotation, I think he's going to come out. He's going to show something. The name that you were trying to remember earlier is Daquan Jeffries. And the only reason I remember his last name is because of once a Nick, always a Nick, Jared Jeffries. Uh, <laughs> Daquan Jeffries in game number two had 13 points. He was the Knicks' third leading scorer, third highest leading scorer, even being out Jericho Sims, who had 11 points, 10, 10 rebounds, three assists. Mild Deuce McBride had 14, 6, and 3, with the 6 being 6 assists. Quentin Grimes, 24, 4, and 4. Like, all these guys are, are pretty good. Gene Montero, who has been written about as the Knicks, probably the steal, the unsigned steal, right? An undrafted steal. Because he he was predicted to be a second-round pick, and he didn't get drafted because... I don't think anybody really respected his game in overtime elite, which is a league that just started this past year. There's not a lot of, you, know, you, you can't look at that and be like, oh yeah, he played well there. That's great. You know, we can, there's not enough knowledge about that league. So the fact that he was able to come in and everybody or everybody has already acknowledged his defense in summer league has been pretty, it's been pretty decent. He's 18 years old. That's another pretty decent pickup that I hope the Knicks can somehow get to be a more long-term member of this team, although I highly doubt it. I think between Ferron Hunt, Trevor Keels, and everybody else we already have, there is a spot that's available for G. Montero, but... It's a little hard to see without a trade happening, but I would like to see, I see him. I would like, I, I was going to say, I see him in the G league. Well, he season. would, yes, he would be, but I would like, you know, I would like him to be on a two way contract. You know, but something tells me that Ferron hunt is going to have that two way contract. And there's right now he's on an exhibit 10, an exhibit 10 contract, which, you know, is good up until the regular season. And then the regular season happens and that exhibit 10 is no good no more. So we'll see what happens with, with Mr. Montero. Did you talk about the Knicks uh, being number one in the stand, in the standing? Hey, I didn't... <laughs> Hey, come on now. Let's Get do it. One, two with no <laughs> record. Beating teams by a t- plus 22 and a half margin. Summer League champions. They got that <laughs> Summer League. Summer League champions get a ring this year. So the New York Knicks should be bringing home the first Summer League championship ring. Let's get it. Let's All right. It. Are we done with a uh, Summer League or you got more to say? No, I'm pretty much done with Summer League. I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing these next few games, though. I'm not going to lie. We got it. We are recording on Monday, July 11th. And there is a game tonight. 
in a few hours, 11 o'clock p.m. The Knicks will be playing, is it the Pistons? My mind suddenly went black, blank. But the Knicks are playing tonight. If they win tonight, they have one more game in the summer league season. As we said earlier, they are 2-0. If they win tonight, they'll be 3-0, which means they only have one more game to go undefeated. The Knicks are playing the Trail Blazers at 11 o'clock. Portland Trail Blazers, who are without Shaden Sharp, who went out with an injury. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But that is the Trail Blazers' top pick from this draft, which means should be an easy win tonight. I don't I don't see any uh, unless you can think of somebody that I'm not really thinking of. I'm not really seeing anybody on Portland that I think is gonna really do damage. Nah. And then and then the game after that we play Orlando and it just got announced Ben Carroll's sitting out the rest of Summer League. So Summer League champion. I, I, no. I listen, I I've been going back and forth on this. It this is gonna be my last summer league question. If the Knicks decided to pull Quentin Grimes from the rotation, you would you, you'd be all right with that, right? Even if it'll cost I us think a ring, we'd still win. I think we still win. It all depends Even on without Quentin Grimes. It all depends on. It all depends on who is still still playing, and uh, we're gonna go into all of the top draft picks later and how they've been doing in the summer league, but. I can see one or two of the Summer League's top players main staying there throughout the whole Summer League into the playoffs, which will happen soonish, and, and trying to get that Summer League ring. So I think, I think it all depends on that. I don't, I don't know if the Knicks will win all the games without Quentin Grimes because he is definitely the best player on that team. Yeah, but Ferran Hunt ain't going to sit out, and he can definitely – score a lot of points to but, replace Quentin Grimes. Mm-mm. I think Jericho Sims, I don't think he's going to be sitting out. He's going to be a big part. Even Potter off the bench. I know you probably ain't watch him, but he's he's a, he's a player. Mm-hmm. Jeffries, like you said, he's a player. Amir Sims is a good player. Like Deuce McBride, he's probably going to play because we ain't trade D-Rose yet. So what would be the purpose of sitting him out? Trevor Kills can have more of an opportunity to light up. Like, we still have yet to see a, a lot of the best from the other guys. Yeah. Uh, Q, Q is the only guy. They look deep. Q is the only guy that I can see being pulled from this rotation. Jericho Sims is our third string center. Mm-hmm. Deuce McBride is probably our fourth string point guard. Mm-hmm. So, those guys aren't getting pulled, even though they are both probably too good for some league right now. With that said, though, Quentin Grimes brings something to this team that no other player on this team has, which is the ability to do all things. Right? At least for not not in the league, not in the NBA, but for summer league, he has the ability to do all things. He can grab the rebound, he can dribble, he can pass, he can defend, he can shoot, he can gain the paint. Deuce hasn't really shown the ability to get to the paint and be effective. I think we, can you agree with me on that? Like Miles McBride has not shown the propensity to get into the paint, get to the rim 
and make stuff happen, whether it's school, whether it's pass, either or. Not saying he can't pass, but just inside the three-point line, he's not really being effective. Yeah, that is true. But at the same time, he makes up for that on the other on the, on the other end of the court. And the way that they play defense, they're gonna get that stop to make up for the miss. And then they're gonna score that way. I don't disagree. And that's how that's all I've seen so far. So I'm gonna keep having that expectation for them. Cause Miles McBride has been the head of that snake. He's been the one stopping the point of attack. He's the head of that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and I think this... So I got faith that they could keep the intensity on the defensive end throughout the summer league. I think this entire squad has been on a string for the most part. It hasn't been the best defense. Like, like Golden State out-defended them in the first half of that game. And in the second half, the Knicks just was like, all right, now we're going to show you what real defense is. But... While Deuce is the head of that snake, Quentin Grimes is a very vital part of it. And you got to, he's been one of the best three-point shooters on the team. And you got to replace that with something. And Ferran Hunt is not doing that. Ferran Hunt hasn't shot a three yet. Or excuse me, he has shot a three. He hasn't made a three yet, right? Deuce is going to have to increase his volume in order to make up for that. And we got to see something from these other guys that we haven't seen yet. Not saying it can't happen, just saying that we haven't seen it happen. Would I be surprised if the Knicks, without Quentin Grimes, won the Summer League Championship? No, because I think they've shown just a really impressive skills, even outside of Quentin Grimes, even from some of these guys that we weren't expecting to see anything from. You know, we weren't expecting to see anything from Hunt. We weren't expecting to see anything out of Micah Potter. We were, you know what I mean? Gene Montero, like all Daquan Jeffries, all these guys are guys that have been showing up and 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 contributing in in very good ways. And none of these guys, well, the majority of these guys, are not going to be on this Knicks team at all. <laughs> like they might be in the Westchester Knicks, but they're never going to be on this next team. So would I be surprised? No, but. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, let's, let's, we're done with this summer league. Let's move to all the other Knicks news. So, French, did you see how Knicks Twitter kind of imploded the other day? Hey, hey, we starting to see a Knicks implosion on Twitter like every few months now. It feels like every other week. Shit is crazy. But, this time, Nick's Twitter imploded basically because of Jalen Duran, which confuses me because we have Mitchell Robinson. Five. We have Mitchell Robinson. We have Isaiah Hartenstein. We have Jericho Sims. And I guess you could argue. Well, you could have saved the money on Mitch by signing Jalen Dern. To what to which I say, this dude hasn't played one regular season NBA game yet. Like, you guys watched one summer league game and started and 
I'm saying you guys because I can apply this to numerous people. And not just males, females. All right, we'll get into that in a bit. And y'all are like really upset about Jalen Duran. Like, we know what Mitch can do. We've seen him shut down or match some of the best bigs in the league when he's healthy. Every time I watch clips of Hardenstein, I, I get a little, you know, my heart gets a little, you know what I mean? It gets a little funny inside. I start getting butterflies, you know, not in, you know, <laughs> that boy good, right? That, that, that boy's good, good. right? It, 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 he's not starter, but that's a guy that you pick up to be a part of your rotation to make your entire team better. I cannot wait to see that backup five play with Hartenstein, Obi Toppin, with whether it's Evan Fournier or it's Quentin Grimes, with 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 quickly with Derrick Rose. I cannot wait to see that. And you can even you can even put some of the starters in there. I can't wait to see him play with RJ. I can't wait to see him, you know, I, I can't wait to see him play with Brunson. Why are we getting our up and our arms up? Like, oh my God, we could have had Jalen Duran and we didn't pick him. And back, we traded him. We helped get him traded. Oh, right. Like, like he's the Marcus Cousins or something. Like, we don't know what he's going to be. Could he be one of the best bigs in the league? Yeah, he could, but we don't know. And when the league starts, if he's not getting no minutes or if he's getting, if he's getting exposed, a lot of these takes are going to look real funny. But anyway. Jonathan Macri stated on his podcast that he saw people on Twitter complaining that the season was going to be marred by the Knicks not picking up Duran, and he asked these people to have some pride, quote-unquote. This is my memory, by the way. I, I'm pretty sure he said, have some pride. And this led to a lot of Knicks Twitter beef. Do you, who do you think he was, he was, before we get into it, who do you think that he was mentioning or not even mentioning who you think that was in reference to when he said that because i have my suspicions i didn't see him say anything i just saw the reaction to everything oh you don't listen to the podcast and yeah i didn't i didn't get to listen to the podcast okay. so i didn't hear exactly what he said all i heard was just all i saw was ash nicole moss replying to him tagging him i'm like bro what are we doing <laughs> like I thought we was a Knicks community. We going on Twitter, calling <laughs> people out like this is <laughs> like 2015 Twitter. Like, bro, we we pass all that. Like, if you want to say something, inbox him. Or I'm pretty sure you could get his phone number if it's that deep. Trying mm -hmm. to make a Twitter show for who? And it, over this topic? This is the, the one you want to stand on? This the ledge you want to? I don't know. It don't make sense to me. I didn't. I don't understand the 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 hype around Jalen Duran, around the Knicks specifically because of the 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 type of center he is. We basically have th two of those who are better. <laughs> so I I don't. I just don't get it. And we literally get to see Jericho Sims in the midst of this argument, and we that's what we we talking about this do 
Watch Jericho Sims if you want Jalen Duran. Or is it just me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't, I don't I don't understand. So I didn't realize that Ash actually responded to Macri, which means that he wasn't talking to her. <laughs> which that's who exactly who I thought was talking to her. Talking like I thought who he was talking to, excuse me. I thought he was talking to Ash because I seen that the tweet she wrote, which was the Knicks not keeping Jalen Duran will piss me off this entire season and in parentheses and maybe longer. And I responded to that. <laughs> I was like, nah, you know, I, I actually think that what, what Jericho Sims did was a little bit better. And then I got replied to by a bunch of guys saying, oh, well, Jalen Duran only played 12 minutes and Jericho Sims did it in 27. And my response to y'all, if you guys decided to ignore me on Twitter, was, you know, there's a way to kind of, you know, average everything out so that it's even. Like, we can lower Jericho Sims stuff to that 11-minute mark to see what his, you know, his his points and his rebounds and all of that stuff would be. Or we could make Jalen Duren's stats go up. Or we could both bump them both up to 36 minutes. You ever heard of per 36 minutes? What that, you, know, you ever heard of that? And uh, when you do it that way, Jericho Sims' stat line is arguably better. I'm not going to say that it was clearly better, but it was good enough to not make a dumbass statement like, excuse me, I shouldn't say that. It, should, it, 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 it was good enough for you to not be like, oh, it's going to piss me off that the Knicks didn't pick Jalen Duran. When you have three centers who are arguably going to be better than him for their career. That's just me, right? I, I haven't seen anything to say that Jalen Duran is going to be one of the best big men in the league. Because he's playing well against G League guys and other big men who may not be long for this world. Like, he's going to be an NBA player. We knew that already. Let them play against the Knicks. And let's see who has the better game, Jericho Sims or Jalen Duran. And if he completely obliterates Jericho Sims, you might have a case. Might. And it's only might have a case because the Knicks still have two big men that are better than him, even though they are getting paid, they're going to get paid way more than him. And that might not be a great thing. But you, you, I need more than one game. I watched that game with Jalen Duran. It was a great game by him. Very good. He played, you could argue he played better than Jaden Ivey in that game. I'm still, I'm still not going to be pissed about it because I, I think the Knicks did the best thing. They got a bunch of assets for a pick, a bunch of future assets. They cleared cap room and they were able to sign a point guard that, that has been probably the best point guard we've had since Stephon Marbury. And comparing the contracts between Jalen Duran and Jericho Sims, does it make sense to be paying someone that much more money for someone who's not going to be bringing what Jericho Sims is going to be bringing? Like, at the price that Jericho Sims is bringing it at? I don't know. It just, it just maybe, maybe she sees something more in him. But I I don't see it, so 
That's all I got. So I'm going to say one more thing. No, 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 no. I got a little bit more to say about it because that wasn't really the the worst part of this whole implosion. Did you see the Papa left? (laughs) You didn't see that because you just talked about Ash. So this dude, Papa left or, or live like lefty on Twitter. I don't know if he did a spaces. I think he did a spaces or he did a podcast. Either way, I listened to probably about 30 seconds or 45 seconds of what he was saying before I turned it off. And he basically came came at Jonathan Macri, host of the Knicks of the Knicks Film School podcast. And basically it was like, I'm trying to take food out of Jonathan Macri's kids' mouths and so on. And I'm like, why are you talking about this man's family and the fact that he's he's making Nick's content for to, to feed his family? Like, what does that have to do with anything? And from what I can see, it went for, for two minutes. I just cut it off before I heard something that I didn't want to hear. And that was the biggest part of that whole implosion. It wasn't Ash. It was him actually coming for Macri. Now, since then, I have seen that Papa left, apologized. I want to say, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it because I saw the apology as a response to his own tweet where he was like, if the Knicks win by score over 100 points, I'll apologize to Macri. And then they obviously scored 101 points. And then he apologized. Like, I didn't, that kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I don't follow this dude. I don't listen to this dude. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where he came from. I, mean, I might. He made a song. <laughs> he made a song that got popular, and then right. He had clout ever since. That's why you can't give everybody a platform. Everybody so can't have clout. People are weird. People just weird. Like, but um, why? <laughs> what? Like, bro, are you okay? I listened to. This is weird. I listened to his apology, and his apology was. Very well said. Very well spoken. He blamed a lot of shit and he said it's not an excuse. But just the the lead into it and the original thing said said kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, keep my eye out in the future just to see how I feel, but if I'm going to say one thing, I'm going to say this. This is not how we want to represent ourselves, Knicks fan, at all. Like, I'll talk, I'll, talk, I'll talk shit about how players play all day. I'm never going to get into their personal lives. I'm not even going to do that for the players that I watch on the squad. Like, I'm, I'm talking about a sport. If I'm not even going to do about these people that I know I'm never going to see, I'm definitely not going to do it to other Knicks content creators. But who I might think see. about like I want to take the food out of your kid's mouth. Like who says shit like that? Who like why is that on your mind as an insult? Can we get to the bottom of that? <laughs> I don't want to oh, get to I'm the bottom of that. You. How can I? How can I really hurt your feelings? Ooh, I'm gonna send I'm it. I'm gonna your kid's mouth. I'm gonna find it and send it to you, French, <laughs> just so you can hear it. I had to turn it off because I was like, this is not even like this is not even like funny to me. And I find, and I, and I, I, find, I consider myself a person who finds humor in a lot of things. I, I, you know, 
my mom probably is not going to want to hear this, but I consider myself a person who laughs at shit that will send me to hell. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, this wasn't even like it, it was entertaining. I will say that, but it didn't. Disturbing. It didn't make me smile. Didn't make me laugh, and it didn't make me want to be like, yeah, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna listen to you more. Like, it, you, you definitely had the wrestling promo voice on and all that stuff. I, but just not my. The, the message, that's not the way that I want to be introduced to you. Let me just say that. If I was already a fan of you and I was listening to that, maybe I would have listened to the whole thing. But because this is how I was introduced to you, it completely turned me off because it wasn't, it wasn't done in a funny way. And even though I could see the entertainment factor, what you were saying was not entertaining. So I turned it off. So with that said, I did like the apology, even though I didn't like what led to the apology if the Knicks win by 100 points? Yeah, no, that's a cop out. Um, it's like, yo, like my just do it. If, it. Like, bro, if you're gonna what? do it, just do it, right? <laughs> don't, don't, don't quantify. Oh, like, what if the Knicks didn't score 100 points? Like, you're not gonna apologize then. So, so then what I saw was fake. Like, but I think he, I don't know when he did that. I didn't see it live. I don't know if it was like the Knicks had 99 points and there was like 10 minutes left. I don't know, but that, that was. Part of the Knicks Twitter being under fire. It was a lot of different shit. It wasn't just those things. A lot of people arguing about a bunch of dumb stuff that we don't really need to argue about. And, um, yeah, craziness ensued. Fucking weird. Yeah, lots of Duran versus Sims debates, as I said earlier. We won't know until these two guys play against each other or until Duran gets into the league and gets significant minutes on that, on that Pistons team. So. Let's let's calm down. It's summer league. I said this last year. Summer league. It's just summer league. Taj Gibson. Salute player. I take a sip for the homie. Over the week, Taj. <laughs> Did you just take a sip out of an empty bottle? <laughs> <laughs> take a sip for the That's homie. T- <laughs> there was nothing in there. Taj. Taj Gibson. Who was waived by the New York Knicks. And it was reported that he has signed with the Washington Wizards upon clearing waivers. Let, I've been speaking long enough. How do you feel about this, sir? Speak here. Speak here. Uh, send your roses, if you will. This hurts. Family ties. I worked with Taj's, she was my supervisor, Taj's baby mother. He just had a baby, his baby mother, she was my supervisor. She, we used to talk Knicks, now he's gone. We used to talk about him being on the Knicks. He used to always be a fan of the Knicks. Went to the game, the playoff game. He was pumped, got that win in game two. I went to game one, but I don't know. I just feel a connection to Taj. I work near the projects that he grew up in. So I don't know. It's just I always wanted him to be here. I figured even if he resigns and doesn't play, it's it's more valuable to have him on the team than not. Even if he's not taking up a roster spot, if he could be a coach, I figured that would be the worst case scenario. I did not expect to see him leaving and going to play for another team. And it's tough. It's tough. I'm a miss 67, yo. He'll be back as a coach, I think, still, though, after he's done playing. But Yeah, 
his presence is definitely going to be missed. 100%. Taj Gibson, understandably, saw that he was probably going to get playing time on another team and looked at the Knicks, who have Mitchell Robinson as their starting center, has Isaiah Hartenstein as their backup center, and has Jericho Sims as their third-string center. And looked at the tea leaves and said, there's no way I'm going to play at all. I want to play. So, you know, you guys wave me, I'm going to go elsewhere. And I can't be mad at him for it. Because at the end of the day, you got to look at what's best for you. And if you still have a passion for the game and you still want to play, you, you go where they're going to let you play. Taj still has game. I don't remember how old Taj is, but he is basketball old for sure. I'm going to look it up while I'm talking. But he... 37, if I'm not mistaken. He is... He is at an age where it is, you know, if you're not good, you're not, you're not playing basketball. You're not playing professional basketball in the NBA. You're correct. He is 37 years old. You're not playing ba- professional basketball as a big man at 37 years old, unless you are really good at the sport. And he's shown like when the Knicks signed him, he was like, he was unsigned. It was the middle of the season. He was out of the league. He came back in. He was in the best shape. He was he was playing like, you know, he wasn't starter level big man, but he was he was good. He was a contributor, and he's been a contributor this entire time. He's been on the Knicks since the Knicks signed him. It is a sad loss. We know how much playing under Tom Thibodeau, how much it helps his game, you know, as well as it helps the team. It's just really a really a big loss just in terms of what he's provided for this team and in terms of, you know, even like even last year, he surprised us when he was shooting those corner threes and knocking them down with such accuracy. If there's one thing you could say about Taj Gibson is that his dedication to the game will always leave you surprised with when he comes in with a new bag of tricks or even when he shows you his old bag of tricks and show you that they still work. So. Salute to you, Big Taj. Hopefully, you will come back to us for your last year, last season as an NBA player, just like Carmelo Anthony, and retire a neck. Salute. Salute, Taj. But wait, before we get off of this Taj subject, there's also some good that comes with this. Because I believe Taj is a diehard Knicks fan at heart. And... He's leaving because he understands that these young players are ready to come into their own. He coached Jericho Sims up all last year. They said that he played a big part in him developing throughout the season. So this is a sign that he believes that the the team is in good hands at the five spot, at the four spot. So he he wants to do the the with with the rest of his career, he just wants to go out and, and hoop, and I can respect that. So, with Taj gone, this also means that the oldest players on the team is Derrick Rose and Evan Fournier. 
And Derrick Rose is what, 31? Fournier is what, 28, 29, if I'm not mistaken? We got younger. For sure. We are definitely a younger team. Mm -hmm. So. All right. Well, Fournier's 29. But yeah, if those are the two oldest players on your team and we've been dying to see a youth movement, well, here it is. We're going to see that coming up next season. Obi's going to have a bigger role. Quentin Grimes is going to have a bigger role. Hopefully, we get to see Cam Reddish. And we're gonna be the we're gonna be a young team next year. I, I see us making the playoffs, man. How do I say goodbye to what we have? It's so hard, man. It's so hard. The good times so got big things coming though. Yeah. Big things coming. Anyway. Um, next up, Jer because Jericho Sims signed a three-year contract, that is why Taj Gibson decided to move on elsewhere. Jericho Sims signed a three-year contract for $6 million, which is a bargain. But it's even more of a bargain when you look at the fact that years two and three are only partially guaranteed and become fully guaranteed once Labor Day of each year passes. So, potentially, Jericho Sims could only make $2 million in the Nick, potentially. And when you look at what he's doing in Summer League and what he did last year and what his potential is, my God, that is a bar-gan. A bar-gan. So, anyway, any, anything you want to say about that contract? Hey, that's looking like the same contract we gave Mitch. Before he resigned with us, so I'm not mad at it. We get we get to see him develop for the next few years. We got his rights, and if he outperforms that contract, hey, we got it still. Bing bong. Correct. All right, Mitchell Robinson chose to remain a Nick due to wanting to stay with the younger Nick's younger members. And some of the members of the front office who were still there from when he was drafted per Ian Begley of SNY. So we still don't have the details of Mitch's contract, I believe. We just know the overall figures, four years, 60 million, right? Was it four years or three years? Four years, 60 million dollars. Four. Excuse me. And apparently this kind of puts some validity to the fact that there were other suitors for Mitchell Robinson. And this was mostly a choice for Mitchell Robinson to stay a Nick as opposed to the Knicks. You know, we've heard, well, who were the Knicks bidding against? It was not, this is not the Knicks bidding against themselves. This was the Knicks wanting Mitch to come back as well as Mitch wanting to come back. And he wanted to come back because of the foundation that we have because of the other young guys that we have. He wanted to continue to grow with these guys. And he probably wanted to do that because he saw that it might be more beneficial for his career. He's seen how we, how we work, how we train, how we prepare guys. And why would you mess that up by going somewhere else where maybe you won't be set up for success the way that you are here? 
that's what I read into it. You know, I've, it could be read into a bunch of different ways. And at the end of the day, none of us will really know. But that I thought that was important context before we get any more details on the Mitchell Robinson contract. Thoughts? I never really feared that he would leave because of like, he got his own show here. He's only known the Knicks as a, as an NBA team, as home. He's only known New York as home. Like we forget how he was when we drafted him. He was this shy seven foot dude who was so antisocial and we had to bring, we had to bloom him into a flower. We had to see him break out of that show. And I don't think he's going to ever leave this organization. I don't think Jericho Sims is ever going to leave this organization because of that. I, I feel like that holds high power and he's made friends on this team. He's been here since he was a rookie. He loves it here. I never really thought he would even entertain other teams. I thought he just wanted some money. I don't. That's why he's been running through all them agents like that, firing all them agents. He just wanted some money. He got it now, so he's I, all set. <clears throat> I don't 100% agree with you. I think that if this front office sees a complete overhaul and the foundation of this team changes, I could definitely see Mitch leaving. His ties here are not that great. He's not going to retire a Nick. And it's obvious that that's the case because of all of, you know, we've, we've seen the stuff that he's tweeted. We've seen the stuff on his Instagram. We've seen him show his frustrations with, I guess, how he's being handled. Mm -hmm. He's not from here. He doesn't have, like, this is home ties. With that said, though, the fact that one of the members who drafted him is still here, it obviously played a factor. And as long as they're here, the people who played a part in him being not just a Nick, but an NBA player, as long as they're here, then, yeah, he's probably going to stay. And if this team continues to trend upward, I can see him staying for his career. If, if the Knicks get back to that relevancy and get back to that upper echelon of teams and stay there. It's not a guarantee, though. If guys leave, if ownership changes, changes the front office. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Mitch, Mitch will be on the first train smoking out of New York because that would be the only thing that's really keeping him here. So. We'll agree to disagree. I, I, I feel like the only way he leaves New York is if he's traded. I think that's the most likely. I think that's more likely than him leaving. But mm -hmm. if he's not traded and the front office switches up and he becomes a free agent, best believe he's on the first train leaving New York, first plane, flying out, on first boat, sailing out, whatever it is that he's going to need to take to get out of here. He will be because I think he's good enough to get a bag somewhere because he is one of the best offensive rebounders in the league and one of the best rim protectors in the league. And somebody will pay him that money to do that. So we shall see. We shall see. Hopefully not, but we shall see. As I said earlier, Trevor Keel signed a two-way contract 
which became available after Jericho Sims signed his deal. Remember, last season, Jericho Sims, as well as Ferran Hunt, were the two players who were on the Knicks two-way contract deals. Teams are only allowed to have two two-way contract players. So once Jericho Sims stopped being a two-way player, that opened up a spot for Trevor Keels. If I recall correctly, there is one spot still available on the roster for the New York Knicks, which means that if Ferron Hunt signs a deal to be that 15th member of the Knicks, that would open up another two-way spot that they could offer to potentially Gene Montero or someone else who's good. We, we, did, we never gave... McBride a full contract. Though. Yes, we Isn't did. He on the two way? No, he's not. Deuce McBride signed for three years last season. Mm. Yes, he was not on a two way contract. It was always Jericho Sims, and then we had Ryan Archidiacono. We had somebody before Ryan Archidiacono, and after Ryan Archidiacono, right. we had Ferran Hunt. You're right. You're right. I'm bugging. It's all right. That's what I'm here for, sir. <laughs> All right, so like, I, I did I, I have no recollection of that dropping. It happened during the season for McBride. No, it happened before the season. He was, I, I want to say, one of the first signings of free agency. I could look that. I could look this up real time for you, but it's he, not, he, it's he, not important. He like, was, I'm, he was offered a three-year. Four million, four point three million dollar contract, with an average average annual salary of one point four million. I don't see if I go to Sport Track, I can see if that is a fully guaranteed contract. But yeah, he he signed that in off season. He signed that. He signed that as I think that came partially out of the cap space. It must have been cap space. So the thing with second round picks is that you kind of you if you don't sign them out of cap space, you can only sign them for like two years. So if the Knicks wanted to get him to sign for more than two years, they kind of had to sign him out of cap space, which is what they did. Which is the only reason that I remember. That he, yeah, he has three years and there's a qualifying offer for the fourth year. So, and then if they take the qualifying offer, he'll be a restricted agent, restricted agent after that, which will be great because if he gets any offers, we can just match it and match. sign him. So, yeah, that was in August 10th of 2021. He signed. Anyway, oh, there it is. First two years were guaranteed. Year three is a team option, which is, yeah, he's going he's gonna to be here unless we decide we need to free up some cap space. Sorry, y'all. Just, just in case you guys had that question, I wanted to make sure that I had that answer for you. And the last contract discussion, Jalen Brunson is likely to be acquired via cap space and not via sign and trade with the Dallas Mavericks. Now, for those of you that may not may be confused as to what I'm talking about, 
When the Knicks made the trades with the Detroit Pistons, which did not become official when they were announced, they only became official over the past week. They potentially opened up cap space. When I say potentially, it means that they did not actually open up that cap space until those deals were announced. And the reason those deals were announced, if I had to guess, is because they wanted to see if they could combine those deals with a Dallas Mavericks sign and trade for Jalen Brunson. Now, why would the Knicks do that, you ask? Well, that's a way for the Knicks to say, all right, Dallas, I know you don't want to leave, lose Jalen Brunson for nothing. So, because you don't want to lose Jalen Brunson for nothing, we're going to give you the opportunity to sign him and trade him to us in exchange for something. That way you don't lose him for nothing, right? You get a player of ours. You can get, you know, uh, an an exemption of some sort, you know, uh, a trade a player exemption, which is when you trade a player and you get the equivalent of their cap space for him which is something that is afforded to teams that are over the cap, which Dallas Mavericks com- uh, completely are. We can do a bunch of different things for you, if you wish. Well, I guess the Knicks, when they talked to the Dallas Mavericks, they tried to get a sign-and-trade going, and those talks fell through. So they started announcing these trades with the Detroit Pistons. And because there are are announcing these trades with the Detroit Pistons. That makes it impossible for there to be a signing trade. And the Knicks have all of this cap space to sign Jalen Brunson and Isaiah Hartenstein with that cap space. So a lot of people were really predicting that that was going to happen. They were predicting that the Knicks were going to get rid of either Evan Fournier or Cam Reddish in order to get Jalen Brunson, which would clear up a lot of this, these log jams in the rotation, you know, how are we going to get Cam Reddish more minutes? How are we going to get Obi Toppin more minutes? How are we going to get Emmanuel Quickly more quick, more more minutes? How are we going to get Quentin Grimes more minutes with all of these players that demand minutes? Getting rid of Evan Fournier would be one way to do that. Getting rid of Derrick Rose would be another way. Or if you don't want to make room for Cam Reddish, you could trade Cam Reddish for Jalen Brunson and call it a day. None of these things are happening. We're probably going to go into the season with all of the members of this team still on board. And that's that's what's going to happen. You have any thoughts on this, French? Not at all. I didn't really expect there to be a signing trade just because why would Dallas want to help us out? No, they're not. They're, they're um, not helping us out. The, 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 thing, the thing behind a signing trade is that this is not to help out the Knicks. This is for the Knicks to help out the Mavs. But... But the reason why it would be helping out the Knicks is because we already have cap space. The only reason we're not signing him right out is because it would be better for us to just take him in to an exception and have the cap space to do other things. But no, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have cap space either way. the The way that this would work would be it would be a la- it would allow the Knicks to operate as an over the cap team. If we did a sign and trade as part of this Detroit trade, the Knicks would be over the cap the entire time. And they would go into 
this season into this upcoming 2022-2023 season as an over-the-cap team. But because they, with these trades, dip under that cap line, they come into this season as an under-the-cap team. And the importance of that would be that as an under-the-cap team, your mid-level exception, which is one of those exceptions that you are awarded depending on where you are, above or below the cap. If you're under the cap, your mid-level exception is a lot lower than if you're over the cap. Does that help the Knicks? Not really, because I'm pretty sure whoever they're going to sign, it's going to be what it is, right? They're not going to be able to pick up a nice player regardless. It's like, this doesn't really, the Knicks could go either way with this. That's why they started doing all these trades before free agency started. Because, like, all right, y'all don't want to work with us? I bet. Watch this. We got the cap space. Now we can sign him. Now what? Do you want Do you want to do a sign trade or not? And Dallas could be like, well, we're just going to lose the second best player for nothing. Or we can work with you. And we can help you out. And we can help ourselves out. And it's not going to be great. But, you know, it's going to be something. We get Cam Reddish. Or we could get, you know, a couple second rounders. Or something, as opposed to nothing, <laughs> and that and that's the but does, that's the that's the that that's why it's more beneficial for the Mavs than it is for the Knicks. Yeah, it does help the Knicks, but it helps the Mavs leave this situation with something as opposed to being empty-handed. No, that's what I'm saying. No, if the Knicks have cap space already, the only reason why they would engage in a sign and trade talk is so that they can get even more out of the situation. Yeah, they're gonna get more. And it's not gonna be the Mavericks. It's not gonna be more cap space. Yeah. It's just gonna be, you know, we can get rid of a player if we want, or we can clear up a rotation spot. It's not gonna be to get better specifically. It's just going to be all right. We have a problem. We can resolve it. But the Knicks, like, they don't need they. It's fine. Like they can go into this next season with Cam Reddish being just on the outside of the rotation looking in and figure it out later. It's not that big a deal. It's way more of a big deal for the Dallas Mavericks to lose their second best player for absolutely nothing. Nothing. Absolutely that's that's terrible. I don't know if you saw the saw this on Twitter, but the I just saw on Twitter today somebody was asking Luka Doncic about Jalen Brunson. And he was like, yeah, it's rough. You know, they lost him. You know, let's see what else they can do, you know, it, it, during this offseason to maybe bring in a player or two or something. Which you're laughing, right? And you're laughing because the Dallas Mavericks can't do shit. <laughs> the La- Dallas Mavericks cannot do anything. They can't sign anybody. They're so far over the cap that they're at the luxury tax. Luxury tax, I don't know if I've explained it before. Luxury tax is the line above the cap line, right? We The NBA has a soft cap, which means that even though you're over the cap, you can still sign players, you know, using exemptions and stuff like that. But when you hit that luxury tax, not only do you mm-hmm. have to pay a tax for being over the cap, you got to pay another tax on top of that, right? You You are spending millions upon millions upon millions of dollars just to operate your team. And some teams, because they are, you know, like I think the Golden State Warriors are, are over the luxury tax. That's a championship that they won the championship, right? They, they won the championship. They are a championship contender level team. They're going to be in the conference finals. 
like that's a team that you want to be over the luxury tax with. The Dallas Mavericks, they could have been there with Jalen Brunson, but now they've lost Jalen Brunson and they're above that luxury tax. That is not where you want to be. How are you going to bring Luka Doncic, that second and third player that you need to guarantee you a championship? You can't do it. So this is really tough times for the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, they're going to put a lot on the shoulders of Jaden Hardy. <laughs> Who is a really good Sorry. player. Like, that, that was a really, that's a really good pickup. He's killing it in the summer league right now. He's not going to be one of the guys that we talk about, but, man, that he... Uh, I wanted him on the Knicks. He was the last guy to get picked up. He was in the green room for the, for the NBA draft, and he lasted all the way to the second round. And he, he was like, yo, I'm going to make, make you all regret not picking me. I'm going to make you regret not picking me. And sure enough, it looks like he might do that. He may be, he may be the guy that could replace Jalen Brunson. He's not going to do it in year one, but he's looking really good. He's looking really good in the summer league. All I'm saying is he wouldn't have all that responsibility on the Knicks. They <laughs> putting a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. He got some big shoes to fill. Absolutely. And I hope he's ready to fill them. He's definitely got the talent. Anyway. All right, let's go on to elsewhere. What's going? What else is going on in the NBA? Well, we got to see the top six draftees all play in the summer league so far. Paolo, Jabari Smith. Got to see some Chet, some Keegan Murray, Ivy and Sharp. What's your thoughts on them? So I happen to be able to watch Paolo versus Jabari. And Paolo looks really good. He looks really, really good. Really made the Magic look smart for taking him number one. Because if Jabari was in a Magic uniform and played the way he did in that game against Paolo, oh boy, I could only imagine if it was the Knicks that did that. The clowning that would happen? Jesus Christ. That, that boy Paolo is good. He can shoot. He can pass. He... He he looks like he makes Julius Randle look like a great value Paolo just just with the summer league. I don't know what he's going to do in the league, but the way he was playing is exactly how you want Julius to play. And um, I wanted him too. Hmm? <laughs> I said I wanted him too. He, he, he was he was board. he looked really really good. He wasn't at the top of my board because you know I I just saw a lot of redundancy. Even even if you got rid of Julius Randle, it's like we got Obi. Like you got to choose between Obi and Paolo. So you know that was the only thing for me. But with that said, I probably would have chose Paolo if we drafted him. He's he just looked really that good, and we'll see what he does in the league. We don't want to overreact to summer league, but two games in, Paolo looks really good. Jabari, two games in, I don't know, man. He doesn't look terrible. I just don't think that he don't fit with that team. Well, the thing is, I feel like they miss him a lot. He's he's not comfortable with that team. See the problem. He's he's definitely talented. The problem is though that when you get picked that high, there should be no, oh, he don't fit with that team. You know what I mean? Like he was he could have gone number one. And if you go number one, there is no he don't fit with that team. That team needs to fit with him because he's the best player on the court. And He's not the best player on the court. 
it, honestly, if we did a redraft off of these two games, all of the players playing two games in Summer League, which some of them haven't, or some of them have only played part of a second game, so that's the qualifier. He would be number five, easily. Easily number five, right? You want me to keep going with the rest of these guys? I don't know how many of the other games have you've watched, but I've watched... I've watched a good... I haven't seen half of them. I haven't seen Keegan Murray. Okay. I saw clips of Ivy and Sharp only played like 20 seconds and hurt his right. shoulder and he was out of there. I watched... Paolo, he looked really good. Right. But you could... Yeah, go ahead. So I didn't watch... I didn't watch, but I have been following what all of these guys have done. And Chet came out in the first game and his first game had six blocks, really showed out, showed everything that he could do in that first game. His second game was not great, but I think his second game was against Jabari also, and both of them weren't really that great. They, you, they probably you could say they both probably had C plus games in the in that game number two. With that said, Chet Holmgren has already shown to be a high level player, whereas Jabari is just kind of like you're still it's still hoping. You know, you see all the things that he can do, but he's not taking over the game the way he should. If I if I had to do a redraft, Chet would be number four. And the only reason I say that is because Jaden Ivey, his first game wasn't great, but he did enough to be like, all right, he's still better than Jabari. That second game, though, I didn't watch it, but I was following Twitter. Everybody was so mad because he looked like he was on in he was gonna drop 40, 50, or 60 points in that game. And Isaiah Todd, I I don't want to say nothing. Isaiah Todd tried to defend him shooting a three-pointer, Jaden Ivey shooting a three-pointer. And as he made the contest, he slid his foot underneath Jaden Ivey's foot. Jaden Ivey landed on him and appeared to, or he didn't appear to, he definitely rolled the hell out of his ankle, looked very hurt, hopped, hobbled over to the side of the, of the court, banged on the table because he knew that was it for the night. Then proceeded to walk over to the free throw line, knock down all three, 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 all three free throws, and then he went to the back. Jaden Ivey looks real good, man. Like, he may not be, he may not end up being a top three or four or five point guard in the league or top three or four or five guard in the league, but he's going to be a starter. Like, you can't, just the way that he's operating, especially in that game two, the pass that he made where he was, he was running the court and he made a, a pass that not many people can make. And he got an assist off of it. He was knocking down step back threes. He was getting to the rim, throwing up layups. He was knocking down all his free throws. He looks like a guy who, once he gets to that, once he gets in the league and he figures it out, he's going to be very difficult to stop. He's definitely either number two or number three in a redraft to me. He could even be number one. The only problem is that we will not know what that is until we see him in the regular season. Because I have 
high doubts that he's going to be back in the summer league. And then seeing what he did in that first game, and that's I'm sorry, excuse me, in that second game, how he started that second game, man, I wish the Knicks would have made that, would have been able to make that trade with the uh, Sacramento Kings to get up to number four to draft him because they would have looked absolutely brilliant doing it. I might have, I might have been okay. Like I'm like looking back at it, if we had done that and then not signed Jalen Brunson, I might be okay with that because he looks like a guy who could who could be really good. Shaden Sharp, as you indicated earlier, only played about four or five minutes and then he went out with a shoulder injury. He will not be returning to the summer league. He did not look great in the minutes that he played when he was out there. I doesn't mean that he's not gonna be a good player. Just we don't have enough of anything to really say. So he would, he probably falls from where he got drafted if we, if we, if there's a redraft, just because there's still nothing to see. Yet, meanwhile, we got to see several other guys play a little bit. Dyson Daniels also got injured in his first game. We don't know where he, we, don't, we still don't know how good he's going to be. I think we mentioned Keegan Murray in the last episode. Keegan Murray is still continuing to ball out. He does not look like a mistake for the for the Sacramento Kings. He looks like he definitely belonged in that upper top six tier with those other guys. He's not as good as Paolo, probably not as good as Chet, probably not as good as Jaden, but yeah, I'll give it to him. He he he's he's right up there with them. And that's all I got. Yeah. I, I didn't get to see too much Keegan Murray. Highlights look really good, but I got to see him throughout the full game before I have any input because I don't know. I still think I prefer Ivy over Keegan Murray. For sure. But that's just me. No, for sure. Just what I, from what I've seen, even in the first game, I don't think he, I don't think Ivy like took over the game. I think you can make the argument that even though Ivy scored more and his stat line looked better than Jalen Dury, Duran, you could make the argument that Jalen Duran looked like the best player in that game, for sure. But that second game, unequivocally, he was the best player on the floor in the minutes that he was on that court. He was just doing everything. He didn't miss. He didn't miss a shot. He didn't miss a shot. He didn't miss a free throw. He, he was making amazing passes. He was showing exactly the guy that the Knicks thought that he could be, which is why they tried to trade the whole farm for him almost and uh, i just wish that he would have gotten to play that whole game so that we could really know for sure you know that he can sustain that over a full game um uh, yeah so that's it for these other top picks we'll go back we'll get back into them next week when everybody should have completed a four game stretch and then we'll be in that summer league championship area assuming that we record Next week, because French, my birthday's on Friday, bro. Happy <laughs> birthday, <laughs> uh, Mr. Nick's take president. <laughs> yeah, so they, that, you know, I was going to ask, well, you know, if there's anything you want to plug, but I, what I'm plugging is my birthday on Friday, and there's a very good chance mm-hmm. that I'm either not going to record next week, sir. Surprise! I know I didn't tell you that before. Mm-hmm. Or if I do record, it's gonna be like very drunk, very drunk, and on my phone. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be going to Atlantic City next weekend. 
So wow. anybody that's going to BRT weekend, I'll see y'all there. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything you want to plug, sir? Hey, recommendation. So I woke up yesterday morning, and the first thing I hear on the television, look at me already messing up. I can't talk. <laughs> the first thing I hear is the television in the living room. So I go out there. I see Jaya on a couch chilling, smile at me. I'm like, oh, she watching over here. I'm, I sit down next to her. I start watching. It's, it's a little interesting show. It look a little different. It's based around something that you don't normally see on TV. So I'm just watching. It's a little comedy series. So based in the 80s, it looked real unique. End up watching five episodes straight. This show that I'm talking about is called Gordita. Gordita's Chronicles on HBO Max. It follows a family who recently moved to America in pursuit of the American dream, and they get hit with a lot of harsh realities. And they tell these stories in a real funny way. The, the main characters are just a little girl named Cuckoo, Carlotta Castelli. She's hilarious, hilarious, and it's a light show. It's rated TV PG, so you could watch it with the kids. I'm enjoying it so far. I think, I think you you would enjoy it too. You gotta watch at least one episode. You you'll pretty much see what the theme of the show is, and it's 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 a Dominican family in Miami. That's the only description that you really need. To <laughs> <show>. <laughs> Copy. All right. So with that, we have official. Oh, we've damn near done an hour and a half. Uh, mm -hmm. make sure y'all you know, subscribe. Make sure y'all find us on YouTube. Find us, find our podcast on all streaming platforms. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Make sure you comment. Make sure you give us a review. We appreciate mm -hmm. y'all. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to the mixtape podcast. That boy is good. Peace out. That intro music was Broadway Boom by Gotti B, formerly known as Bugatti Blade. You can find us on Twitter at The Knicks Take. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you for listening.